Hi, you're listening to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I am a self-image coach and empowerment coach with a decade-long background in working in the health, fitness, and nutrition industry. If you're anything like I was or the way that my clients currently are, then you might be struggling with body image issues, self-image issues, or issues with confidence. You might be trying to figure out why you can't take the ideas that you have for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life and turn them into lifelong actions. So join me in this podcast as we dive in deep on topics of mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. We're going to look from the perspective of an authentic and empowering mindset and from self-awareness, self-love, and of course, how we can start taking authentic self-action towards living that healthy and fulfilling life that you know you're here to live. I'm going to bust through some of the illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way and offer you confidence and clarity. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. So the only question is, are you ready to find out how you can start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hello, hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Seth, and um, I've created this podcast after many years of my friends and colleagues and even complete strangers that I talk to telling me, hey, listen, dude, why don't you make a podcast? Because I would love to hear these things that you have to say on a daily basis or a regular basis. And um, sort of resisted the idea for a long time, mainly for fear with um, how to even get started, because... Uh, up until this past two years that I started working on my business really in depth and then hired a marketing coach this year, um, I resisted using technology because I was always afraid that I wouldn't be able to figure out how to use it properly. I'm a huge science nerd. Um, I love learning about the human body and biology, um, psychology, all of this. But when it comes to technology, I've always had this sort of resistance and fear to it. So I resisted the idea of starting a podcast for probably close to three or four years now since people started telling me I would love to hear what you have to say in a podcast. So guys, my friends, that is what I'm going to call you all from now on, by the way. If you, if you join in to listening to me on this podcast, you are my friends now. So my friends, I am here and I'm making this podcast And I want to take the opportunity of my very first episode to tell you all a little bit about me, um, why I'm making this podcast, and how it is that I ended up on this journey that I am on right now, and what it looks like in my life, and why I'm so excited to be able to just bring to the world this message that I have to bring, that I, I know the world needs it, I know the world wants it. And it's just a matter of me putting myself out there for people to hear it. So here I am. And I'm going to start by going way, way back, as far back as I can remember, guys. And um, I'm going to talk to you all a little bit about my childhood. And I want to clarify something really quick before I step into talking about my childhood. Um, I love my parents. I love my siblings. As a mindset coach, I'm fully aware that memories change as we get older, and I'm also fully aware that our memories um, 
are based in our perception of the world and how we sort of receive information and then reevaluate the information later on in the same mind that received the information. So that being said, um, I have a lot of painful memories attached to my childhood that sort of brought me into the career where I am right now. And I want to say that when I talk about these with you guys, that I do not hate my family. I do not think badly of any member of my family at all. And when I when I talk about these stories, I want to do it from the perspective of this is my my memory, my remembrance of how this happened and how it created my perspective of the world that brought me here to where I'm talking to you guys about everything that I've learned along the way. And I also understand that every member in my family would have a different memory and story attached to these same stories that I'm going to tell you guys. And I am not here to say that any one of us are more right or more wrong than the other. What I am here to say is that my perspective is mine. It's what brought me here. It's what gave me the views that I have, the beliefs that I have right now, and the story, and the powerful message that I have to bring to you all today. And so I'm going to tell it from my perspective. But please understand that I have the most love and compassion for every member of my family. I really, truly do. Um, I've done a lot of healing work within myself surrounding my views of my family members and how I had attached them to some really painful stories of my memories that were not serving me anymore. And when I was finally able to release them and feel what it felt like to feel safe in loving my family again, it was truly a mind-altering, heart-opening experience for me. So I want you to understand I love my family. So the stories that I'm going to tell you, even though I'm going to tell them to you from a perspective that sounds a bit painful, I just want you to know that I've done I've done the healing work. I don't have a negative relationship with my family, um, but I also want that to be a source of hope and inspiration for you guys to understand that if you're going through the same sort of um, situation with your family, maybe you grew up with a tumultuous childhood, um, and you're wondering, will I ever be able to have a loving relationship with my family? It is possible. You don't have to, but it is possible. So we're going to go back to my childhood here. And let me just say, I am an openly gay male. I'm married to uh, my husband here, and I live in Zurich, Switzerland. I'm originally from Fort Belvoir, Virginia in the USA, um, which is why I, I speak English so well. I'm, I'm not a native German speaker. I'm learning German since I live in Switzerland in the German-speaking part, but I am an English speaker natively. So um, although I live in Switzerland, that's why I speak English very clearly and very much like an American. I am a born American. So um, yeah, when I was born, I was born as a gay boy or a gay baby, however you want to look at that, into a very conservative Christian home. Um, and this made for some very intense situations for me and my parents and my siblings. Um, my family didn't really know how to handle that. Um, I'm the only child in our family that, uh, as an adult, is openly homosexual um, or is homosexual that I know of. And this made for a very hard time for me because 
as a, as a kid, I didn't understand really what was going on with me and why it is at the age of six, when I was in uh, kindergarten, I had a crush on a boy named Tommy in my kindergarten class while all of the other boys that I was friends with had crushes on Nicole and Jenny and, you know, all these other girls in the class. And I'm like, well, that's, that's really cool and everything. I want to be their friends, but I have a crush on Tommy over here. And <laughs> this made me sort of feel begin to feel very self-conscious about what is wrong with me because the school that I went to in kindergarten was attached to a church. They taught us a lot of religious beliefs. And I just had this feeling of something is wrong with me. Something is broken. I I can't let people find out about this. Um, And so this went on into my teenage years as me becoming a very scared, volatile, reactive person. And I felt very defensive because I always felt like that little secret about me had to be, had to stay hidden. And that anytime someone suspected anything bad of me, they were that much closer to finding out that big secret that I didn't want anyone to know that, oh God, if people found out that I was attracted to, to other men instead of other women, what are they going to think of me? Am I going to go to hell? Am I going to get beaten? Am I going to, you know, be thrown out of my, my family and my church and all, everyone that I know? Because and and funnily, or interestingly enough, I, I don't identify as a Christian now. I identify as a very deeply spiritual person, and I, I find a lot of really amazing teachings and a lot of religions around the world, but I don't identify with one specific religion. Um, that being said, it's interesting that I was so afraid of being kicked out of my church because... I now don't feel the need to be a part of a church, but when I was a kid, that was my social group. Those were my friends. And so being thrown out or chastised by this group was like, that was the end of it. You know, I'm I'm a lost cause. No one's going to love me or like me anymore. And this carried on into my teenage years where, you know, I'm going through all the hormone changes and I showed up as a very angry, scared, defensive teenager. And my parents had no clue how to deal with this. So it turned into a lot of aggression from me and from them, understandably. I mean, I was pissed off because I was trying to figure out what is wrong with me? How do I hide it from people? And how do I make this fit into this model of the world where I'm basically going to hell and going to be judged for all of eternity for this thing that I can't figure out and I I can't change it? And so, yeah, this made for a lot of aggression there was there was some physical violence a lot of emotional violence in the household um and you know later on as an adult we went back and did a lot of a lot of talking about that and healing around that so um but this is this kind of put me in this position as a teenager of feeling very low self-worth um i came out to my family not on purpose actually it was sort of found out at the age of 17, and it was a very emotionally intense and traumatizing experience for me at the time. Um, And I don't think I'm going to go into the details of that story right now for the purpose of this particular podcast episode, but let's just say that my coming out um, as a gay male was traumatizing at the age of 17. Um, And it sort of alienated me from my community in the church 
which was all I was really allowed to know as a teenager because my parents didn't really want us having friends with non-Christian people, and we were only allowed to listen to Christian music, really, very little non-Christian music. And so I, I knew very little about the world outside of our religion. We were in church all of the time, several times a week, multiple services on Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday evening. We were, I, I lived and breathed church, even though part of me didn't believe it. And part of me didn't want to believe it. And part of me was trying to find a way out of having to believe in this model of the world. But I didn't understand that I was even able to to think that. It was just like, oh, that's another thing that's wrong with me and I'm going to hell for because I don't, I'm not buying into all of this religion stuff. But again, it was, this is where all of my friends were. So when I came out to my family and at the time my dad was applying for jobs in other states and at the time I also had a boyfriend that this is actually how my family found out that I was, I was gay and they kind of pulled me out of school because they didn't trust me being around other kids in my school or even around boys without being supervised. Um, and I had to go with my mom to church every day where she worked as their financial secretary. And I had to do devotionals with the pastor after I did my, my homework that, that the school was basically sending home with my sister. And then my dad got a job in another state. And we ended up moving in the middle of my junior year of high school to another state. I felt alienated. I felt disconnected. I felt like I lost all of my friends. I felt like my family didn't trust me, didn't love me anymore, didn't like me, didn't... I don't know, I felt so completely alone is the, is the best way I can describe it. I felt like it was me against the world at that point in time at the age of 17. And in the new school where we moved in Nashville, Tennessee, um, I was almost afraid to make friends because it was like I didn't know how much of the fact that I had just come out as being gay, was I allowed to share that with people now? Was I allowed to be open about this? And I don't think my parents wanted me to be. And so I was like, okay, so I guess I have to go back into hiding about this. There was also this suggestion that I had to heal this part of me and become straight. And it was just a disease that I had to cure. And so my parents still had me in church and were still hoping that I was going to quote unquote become straight. They had sent me to counseling and um, it was all a very intense and interesting experience. And then as soon as I graduated from high school, because of my parents' religious views, they were like, listen, we're, we are no longer responsible for you as your parents. Um, we've done our duty as, uh, to raise you into being an adult. You're now out of high school. You're legally an adult by age. So if you're going to live in our house, you have to abide by our rules. And that felt like it was not possible for me. I felt like I was betraying a part of me to just go back into the closet and hide this part of me and pretend to be something that I was not. And I understand that my parents, you know, they needed to set their boundaries because they didn't understand what was going on either or how they were supposed to approach it or, you know, it, are, were they making themselves sinners also by allowing a sinner to live in their home and live a sinful lifestyle? You know, this is like what the church was telling them. And so they were in a very hard and confusing space. I was in a very hard and confusing space, but I felt it as if my parents betrayed me, that they didn't care, that they didn't love me. I wasn't important enough for them to try and understand what I was going through, that they just needed to get me out of their house unless I could pretend to be this person that I was not. And so at a very young age, after graduating from high school, I left home and was out in the world by myself and went through my young adulthood. Um, I became very fond of alcohol. I experimented with drugs. Um, 
I was in the gay party scene very heavily trying to find love. I wanted to find a boyfriend. I wanted to find someone who could see me for who I was and love me. And this turned into a lot of um, sort of one-night stands, a lot of meaningless sex, a lot of me disconnecting from my body. And what I actually felt like the purpose of sex was, I had to disconnect from that because I just wanted to feel in touch with someone enough that it didn't matter whether or not they were going to love me, even though that's what I wanted sex to be about. I, I just wanted someone to love me so much that I was willing to throw my body at them just to get that feeling of being close to someone and like maybe I matter. And this turned into a lot of meaningless sex, which disconnected me from myself, my body, and turned into a lot of hurt and pain, and a lot of drinking, a lot of going out and clubbing, and trying to find new people to, will you love me, and throwing myself at people, and getting rejected over and over again. And guys, this turned into a very painful wound that I had, and we'll go into lots of details about that later, but this is just sort of a summary. I had a a huge open gaping wound of just wanting to feel okay. Just wanting to feel like I could be loved by someone unconditionally. Just wanting to feel like someone could see me for me. Just wanting to be something important to somebody that wasn't so easy to just brush off and let go. And guys, I couldn't figure out how to feel it for myself. So In my mid-twenties, I set out on a mission that I was going to help other people be able to feel that for themselves. If I if I was gonna feel this this hurt and this damaged on the inside, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit emotional here. I didn't I didn't want anyone else to have to feel that. So um I chose to go to school. And um at the time I applied for college. I thought psychology was the way to do it. That That's how I'm going to really help people. So I started off studying psychology, and right before I, I graduated with my degree in psychology, I switched it to my minor and um, because I had taken a class in nutrition, and I loved the class. I loved learning about how the foods that we eat help our bodies and learning about the biology of digestion and nutrition in the body, and I was just like, oh, this, oh, this could be such a wonderful way for me to help people too. And... Maybe this is this is the path that I could actually get on and really help people because the psychology part sounded so complicated with having to get the degree and then having to get licensed. Then if I move to another state, I have to get relicensed and practice under someone. And I really just wanted to work for myself and help people. So I was like, maybe nutrition is the way to do it. And I can use kind of this my psychology knowledge, my minor in psychology in the background to help me with with this. So I set out studying, wanting to study nutrition and studied exercise physiology at my university. I graduated with my degrees in uh, exercise physiology and with my minor in psychology and an emphasis on human nutrition and went on to get certified as a nutrition specialist through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. So immediately upon graduating, I was hired as a personal trainer and nutrition specialist for um, a, a hospital system in Mississippi, where I was living at the time. And they hired me, and I immediately went to work trying to help people, um, wanting them to really learn to love themselves, love their bodies, take care of their bodies. And this was my goal. I didn't want people to hurt like I had hurt and to have such a negative image of themselves like I did and to feel like they were alone and unlovable and uncared for. And so I thought, teaching people how to change their bodies, that's the way to do it. So I set out as a personal trainer, nutrition specialist, helping people. 
And I would always see these people get start to make progress and then it would just become too much for them and they would give up. And I would get so frustrated, like, no, no, you were doing it. We were getting there. You were going to be able to love yourself again. And guys, I kept, I kept on with this for so many years until I realized after I had married, I finally found someone to marry me. Uh, right after my dad died, actually, which was a whole nother process of dealing with a lot of grieving and pain. And shortly after my dad's death, I met someone and we married. And I left my job as a personal trainer in the USA and moved to Switzerland with this husband of mine. And um, less than six months later, <laughs> before I had found work here in Switzerland, um, I had applied for jobs as personal trainer here. My husband at the time asked me for a divorce. And I was devastated. I had given up my life. I had moved to another country for this man. And I had shown him I was all in. I was here for him no matter what. And he just gave up. And so again, I was like, why is it that everyone gives up on me? And that hurt so bad. And so I... I wanted, I had this renewed feeling of, I just want to help people to not have to feel this, like people give up on them. And of course, I was still stuck on the idea that we had to do this through changing their body. But I discovered at this time uh, the process of life coaching and started self-coaching and really growing my relationship with myself. And during this time was when I discovered that it wasn't about me finding someone to love me and to not leave me. It was that I was not loving myself. I was, I was leaving me for everyone else. I was so desperate to find external love in a relationship that I was abandoning me. I was telling me that I wasn't important enough to stay. And this opened up the floodgates to healing a lot of body image issues that I was I was really struggling with. Um, a lot of negative self-image. But guys, the amazing part was is that I finally understood what my what my clients were going through. I finally understood what they actually wanted. They didn't want the external change. They thought they needed the external change to feel good about themselves. But really all they wanted to do was to feel mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm quite emotional talking about this. Whew, I, I'm sorry, not sorry. They wanted to feel like it was okay to love themselves, no matter what. And so I set out on a mission to how, how I could help people discover a way to do this without having to do all of the external changes of diet and exercise and the brutal beating up their bodies in the gym and starving themselves and how this wasn't serving them for their purpose, what they really wanted. And so, guys... I decided to re at the time I had I had left I had started a job in Switzerland as a personal trainer and I realized I don't want to do this anymore. I wanted to I wanted my own company and I had started my own company as a personal trainer and nutritionist. And at this time when I discovered this discovery that it's it comes from the inside, this acceptance, this love that my clients wanted to find, it wasn't going to come from the diets and the, and the exercise. It was going to come from the inside. And I wanted to show them that. And so I started working on a program to be able to show people this, and I rebranded my business just last year to focus on coaching, mindset coaching first, 
And then we can start looking at the action plan of nutrition and how we're going to integrate movement and exercise into into life in a way that is authentic and real for the person, not for the sake of losing weight so they can finally love their body. And guys, that's how I got to where I am right now today is a holistic health and mindset coach. And I'm here right now to bring this message to you guys about how I'm, I'm wanting to revolutionize how we look at our health, how we look at our fitness and our nutrition and our relationship with ourselves and our bodies. How do we truly begin to look on the inside to find that love for ourselves that we all want instead of looking to the exercise and nutrition to change our bodies enough to allow us to love ourselves? And that's the message I'm here to bring you through this podcast and through every episode. I want to bring you guys messages of love, hope, compassion, acceptance, and how you can start living your healthiest life from the inside out. So join me on this mission as I try and bring this this message to the world. I'm going to link in the podcast description um, several links for you guys. I have a website. I'm also going to link um, my Facebook group that I have on Facebook so you guys can get in contact with me there and also my Instagram handle. So you guys can find me on all of my social media outlets and start following me and hear the message that I have to bring to you. If this resonates with you, I am here for you. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to hold out my hand and I'm here to guide you because that's I finally discovered that that's that's what I've been here for all along, and that's what I'm going to do. So I love you all, and everyone listening to this episode, I truly do. I have the most deep compassion for you and where you are in your life and wanting to live your healthiest, and I, I, I truly want to show you how to do that from the inside out. So let's get started on this journey, my friends. I will talk to you all again soon, and have a wonderful day. Ciao. Thank you for listening to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I hope you enjoyed the content of this podcast today. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, please visit www.slch dot ch for more again that is www.slch.ch you can also find me on instagram at seth lusk underscore coaching again that's seth lusk underscore coaching or on facebook and my facebook community that's called health connection corner one last time that facebook group is called health connection corner It's free to join. You just have to answer three membership questions to become a part of the community there, and we would love to have you. I want to thank you again for listening. I look forward to our next time together. Have a wonderful and health-filled day. Ciao.